Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercatch Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Squeeze. And this is Noah. It's hey. Noah. Hey, Noah. Little baby. Eight, eight, uh, actually, nine weeks Nine weeks tomorrow. Little Noah. So it's been a been a tumultuous journey, but um, he's a cute little kid. We've actually just come off the plane from Melbourne. So saw Swizz Town yesterday and um, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty awesome catching up with the, with the lads. But um yeah, he's going well. I'm, I'm a proud dad. <laughs> Noah met his new workplace, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We um, I, I was, we stopped. We're actually in the uh, St Kilda Road Bridge, just outside um, Fed Square. There, um, pulled up, took a couple of selfies, and I made sure to let him know that's his future place of employment. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was a really, really awesome trip, and got to see a lot of family and stuff. So, yeah, so loving our Melbourne family, but also good to be home. Good to be home. And happy New Year's to all those that um, are out there today because it is New Year's Eve. So enjoy your time. Yeah, definitely get these uh, couple of videos out there as well before the New Year hits and uh, probably be about another month anyway before we get into actual team-by-team -team analysis. But before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Also all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it, on TikTok as well. Supercoach Insider, look for us and on YouTube, Chris. Yeah, search for Supercoach Insider. Um, you've been doing a great job on the editing and, and uh, apologies I couldn't uh, make the earlier pods uh, for everyone, but um, we, luckily we've got an awesome uh, fill in there with Swizz. So, Swizz, you've been killing it. <laughs> well, <laughs> good, right. good bets I hear, so that's great. <laughs> oh, don't even start. Chris tried to, Chris tried to hit me up saying, yeah. hey, I'll give you 10 points for the exact same bet. And I was like, uh, no, Chris, you got to find your own. Um, also, shout out as well to splashvodka.com.au. A little bit early in the day for me to be drinking alcohol, but um, look, we'll make it work anyway. And I apologize, Chris, because Chris was on holidays and I was like, look, I'm on COVID. The missus is coming home. Swizz and I will just get a few uh, episodes in. And uh, I know Chris is upset. Noah's upset that Chris couldn't make it either. You can hear him in the background. But um, <laughs> hey, also as well, hey, trying to hit up good. as on the well. Now, so that's fine. Trying to hit up Manscaped as well, seeing if they want to continue their lovely sponsorship through our preseason reveals. Um, midfielders, guys, which is a very big topic. It's where all the points are at. Um, I reckon we just go straight into Chris, our feature guest for today. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking as far as overall strategy and the midfield line? Yeah, uh, well, look, I, I suppose it all the midfield really ties into the whole rest of the team. Obviously, there's a lot of spots to fill. Um, uh, like Swizz and like we've always said that a lot of the better rookies are from the midfield line so that does help but we're really stung this year with really expensive lines in defense that's probably going to take up a lot more cash than we usually would spend in that in that line and it means that I'm it's usually you'd have your five premiums your mid-pricer and your rookies or whatever I'm thinking more along the lines of three or four premiums and then a mid-pricer and then your rookies um, is going to be the more likely structure um, I'm a bit tentative to go too heavy on the mid prices. And the reason for that is there is like 15 guys over 600K and you could throw a blanket over the top of them as to who's going to be your top 10. Um, so I, I don't think it's really a, a wise year per se to, to just go hunting for a breakout. Um, but there are some really obvious breakout options out there that are a little bit of value. So 
uh, you know, grab them where you can, if they, especially with the preseason signs. But yeah, at this stage, I'm looking to spend a little bit less in midfield than I would on other years. So you're with Swizz then, because Swizz was talking like three deep, and I was like, wow, that that little. And I've gone five. Like I, I'm probably seeing the value in defense and forward line a little bit. My rationale. I'm usually that- six deep, but I understand the <laughs> five deep method. <laughs> I, I didn't know you had six fingers. Um, the. <laughs> But see, my rationale is that forwards and defenders have a little bit more um, standard deviation. So they tend to drop a few lower games, which, you know, Sinclair obviously didn't do that for me last year uh, when I was hoping betting against him. But, you know, midfielders, when sometimes they drop, I'm like, well, do I want to be paying dollars to pick up a Clary when he's dropped? Or do I want to try and get a... Um, you know, a steward if he gets tagged or because defenders can get tagged sometimes or a Sinclair or, or someone like that or a Dawson and try and pay 550 for them in, a little bit cheaper. So um, I'm probably thinking a little bit different at this stage. I know Swiss is different, but I do agree in that the blanket rule because when you go down from the midfielders, even if you exclude Hewitt, 14 deep, you got Steele at like 14th and you look at the, the caliber of midfielders, it's such a wide range of premium midfielders. Swiss, where do you stand? Mate, well, you know where I stand on that. It's um, I think in Victoria, yeah, <laughs> the best place to stand, mate. Um, in the in the eastern suburbs, yeah. <laughs> um, We're narrowing it down. <laughs> narrowing it down, yeah. Um, mate, yeah. Well, you know, I, I I try to fit in as much value as possible there in that midfield, but it's it's also that there's always the best rookies come from the midfield too. So, but as we talked about the other day, the the rookies are the ones that will define my end structure. So at the moment, it looks like the best rookies are in the midfield. If it becomes the case where there's more defenders or forwards rookies, which doesn't usually happen, then yeah, then I'll um, look at bringing an extra premium in. But if we're loaded up with rookie midfielders, yeah, then I'm three deep in that midfield. Well, actually, I'm technically, yeah, no, I'm still three deep. See, normally I would agree, but there's been a lot of people that are coming back from injury in other lines that are cheap. So normally, you know, when you say rookies, yes, the best rookies Mm. probably are in the midfield, but then there's so many quality players that are, didn't play much last year in the forward line in probably particularly the forward line, maybe a few in defense that I think it's not necessarily, maybe the best rookies are midfielders, but then I think there's better value on other lines, which I guess we'll see. It's still very early in the preseason. There are a few rookies that I am looking at in the midfield, which we'll get into as well. Um, Let's start off with premiums anyway, because again, blanket rule. Let's start off with the big few. And Chris, I'm going to start with you first because you are the biggest advocate for this man, have been for the last 12 months. Rory led 703,000. Are you spending 700K on lead? No. <laughs> I suppose we'll start there. And look, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, but um, I, I don't think he's a bad pick. So for anyone picking him, I'm not saying he will be a bad pick because he's going to. He's still a stat pad machine. You know, no one's going to out stat, stat pad him. And I found it hilarious last year. Sam Berry makes, you know, an AFL record for the most tackles in a game in the same game that Rory Laird makes the record and beats him by <laughs> one for the most tackles in an AFL game. It's just a classic Rory Laird thing to do. Um, but I just see, uh, I see him as, you know, you're going to pay what you're going to get out of him. So, He's not a value pick. Yes, he'll probably still go 120 plus, I think, with ease. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue. But there is some conjecture over um, you know, more points in that Adelaide midfield. Um, Rankin's obviously come in. He's tipped to be playing more mid. Sam Berry's obviously now basically a full-time midfielder in there. Rory Sloan's going to come back from injury. What does his split look like? 
you know, he's really only a midfielder. Um, he can play a little bit forward, but he's really a midfielder. And I put him in the same scope as, say, Ben Cunnington, who, you know, they're on the outer, but how much mid-time do, are they actually going to get this year? I'm not sure. And how does that impact Rory Laird? Well, he can go, he can play on a wing, he can play behind the ball, he can play a little bit forward, but he, he can be anywhere. So I, I really don't know is the answer. And for that reason, I'm saying, look, he's not really going to go up. I think there's really only other one way to go, and it's probably going to be that A, stay the same, or B, he's going to go down slightly. Now, there's another school of thought that because he's so consistent, he's probably not going to drop too much at, at any point. You know, picking him up for under 600K is probably not going to be a thing. So I understand the pick, um, but there are value options this year, and there's and one way to save money is just not choosing Rory Laird. So that's one way I'm looking at doing it. Yeah, would you put him in the same boat as you know Clayton Oliver though, or Clayton a bit more steady? He's still six hundred ninety-nine thousand Clayton well, Oliver, but similar average. Swiss when he's on these yeah. on these top end premiums, you're only probably going to start because there's a big difference when you go so Tuke Miller and above. You know, Tuke six sixty-two thousand, Lockie Neal six hundred seventy-six thousand, Clayton Oliver six ninety-nine. Um, surely you can't start too many of these boys. To me, this is we. This is your vice captain, captain. Yeah, especially your captain, you want that safety. Um, so as the the reasons Chris just said there about Laird, and, and I'm huge on the guy, but um, yeah, there is that always possibility that you know roles can sort of change with that Adelaide setup. Well, um, let's go Clayton Oliver then. We've moved yeah. on from say Laird. What about Clayton? Yeah, because so his roles his roles the same. We, Clary, we just know that's why I was comparing yeah. the two because Clary, we just know what he's going to do. He's their number one midfielder in their contested beast. Safe as houses. Um, can you run have, both? Because I, I, I don't know if you can spend that much. Coin. I don't I don't want to spend on both because I think, as you said, Laird's kind of topped out on value. Like he's not going up to 750. So yeah. um, I'm not worried about that where a couple of those other premiums below that we'll get into, I think there's a little bit more value there. Um, they've got the potential to go higher. So I think Clary's the one you have to start because just the safe as houses captain option each well, week. Melbourne, what, top guaranteed, top four again, you'd yep. say. Better forward line. They've just added Brody Grundy. Yeah. Like, Clary's got – he's going from – he's going to go from having Max Gorn hitting to him to Brody Grundy hitting to him. I yeah. mean, like – Yeah, how good okay. is that? Though? He's going to have two of the best tap-out <laughs> yeah. work, Ruckman. He, he's just going to be loving life because otherwise it would be Jackson in there. And Jackson's good, but Jackson's definitely a follow-up Ruck. And um, I think he'll just be licking his lips. All the Melbourne midfielders, I think, will be absolutely licking their lips. Yeah, so I mean, there is so there's there's an element of that of that pick that you go, well, is there some value there? I mean, I know that he's obviously averaged quite a lot last year, but he could. Is there another level that he can get to? Still young, he's put up some amazing numbers last year. Could we see Brownlow Clary this year? You know, that could be a thing. So yeah, the, um, the and again, you're looking for the security. That is, will always be him and Petrarca taking votes off each other. But right. the guy deserves one. Yeah, absolutely. But again, Safer's House is top eight. He's yeah. someone that you could definitely see finishing in the top eight. Top four, um, speaking of the, the top eight, let's talk about the Brisbane Lions. Um, Lockie <laughs> Neal, 600 and – well, we can't talk about a Carlton player, can we, Chris? Um, Lockie Neal. <laughs> Absolutely not. 676 and Now, with Dunkley coming in, Lockie Neal, he had you know obviously some very strong games, but there were the games where he just did the team role. And when he did the team thing, he was fine with the team winning because he's like, look, if I have to take some heat and I have to get tagged – that's fine because the team will win. And are we paying uh, $676,000 for Lockie Neal, Chris? Uh, again, uh, no, for similar reasons. Um, 
obviously the addition of Dunkley is a huge chunk of their midfield. And I just want to see how that goes. I, I think Dunkley went there to play a lot more midfield than he has been playing at the Dogs, which is obviously good for him. But how does that impact their midfield? Does that mean that basically Jared Lyons is no longer a midfielder? Um, and he's basically goes back to his former role, which he played uh, in the back end of his Adelaide career and a little bit in the Gold Coast, where he's more of a, a forward than he is a midfielder. That could be you know, something that would allow Neil to continue to play all those minutes there. Um, they still got up and coming guys. How much does Will Ashcroft get? You know, there's another you know, midfielder that is going to be want to have inside minutes. I think the Lions are in a unique proposition um, in how, what they can do this year. I'm not saying that I'm riding Lockie Neal off to do it. I just want to see it. And at that price, I can sort of afford to go, I can fade him a little bit at the start. Maybe he has, gets a tag game and has a lower one and you can pick him up. Um, I know he does start with the Thunder though. And that's sort of what is is in the back of my mind as well. Like imagine if, you know, Lockie Neal averages 140 for the first six weeks. Good luck, right? So um, yeah, I think he's more for me at this stage an upgrade target. Um, where do, where's the buys for first buyer? I was yeah. waiting to jump yeah. in. So they have the yeah. first buy, which is the benefit of if you didn't start him. Yeah. So, so for me, it's a no at this stage, but again, I'm not going to begrudge anyone for having him. I mean, there, there, there's so many of these guys. You're just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could start with him. There's, they're all viable options. It's just we're at this point of the season, preseason looking for reasons to not pick guys. Um, and that's generally what it is right now. So, so even Tuke Miller, 662, he's probably the last one before we round into some other bits, but um, yeah, we'll get a bit more general. Uh, same thing, second buy, I think. So there's only two, so Suns and Geelong. So it's like, okay, well, do you pick him with a, a premium? So again, VC and C option, lots of 130 plus scores. Or do you kind of go, okay, well, maybe I can upgrade him because they do have the second buy. So it's either one way or the other. You either go, hey, I'm going to start someone because there's only two teams with that buy. So you're not going to miss him. Or you can then, again, on the other flip side, you can actually look to upgrade him with the second buy to then bring, because there's not really many Suns or Geelong players yeah. outside of Stewart and Took that you might actually want to bring in is the other that, flip that, side. Yeah, that, that buy is actually a really interesting one because the more players you can have from that buy, the better off you're going to be in the other buys. Yes. Um. So. But again, Geelong and Suns, yeah. who is there? Well, yeah, exactly. Stewart, I mean, well, Tuke. I really like Noel Anderson as well. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but yep. I'm, yeah, I mean, Gold Coast, you know, you've got some good rookies as well coming through. You've got Ben King there as well um, in the forward line. I know you, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at having him. He can carry you through the buys. Um, yeah, there's a there, – and, you know, Geelong is so weird and, and unique. Every year they're going to throw something different at you. And that's what I kind of like about them. They're, they're going to have a guy in a different role at the start of the year and they're going to be super coach relevant and we're going to have to jump on. So keep an eye out, but – Stewart obviously is the is the real real catch, and then we'll see what happens outside of that. Hey, who averages more between Noah Anderson and uh, Dangerfield this year, Chris? Noah Anderson by length of the Flemington straight. Oh, that could be our bet. Could be. <laughs> I'll take an over under on five games. <laughs> <laughs> Danger only put how many games did he end up playing last year? I think he played like Not sixteen many. games or something. Nah, less than that. I think it can't be an option that you can pick. Not, oh no, he's four, he's he's so cheap though. He's like four hundred. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, well, we should probably will touch him, but yeah. Okay, but, so what well, I reckon? So Callum Mills, Petrarca, Zach Merritt, Brayshaw, um, Parish, I think are all in this blanket. If you really like him, if they have a good preseason, then yes. If you think they're top eight, go for it. Uh, there is two that I'd probably put similarly. I don't think you can really start. Well, Walsh is out for the first month. I don't think you could start Crips at the inflated price. Possibly. I guess, you know, if you like him, maybe go for it. Same as Stewart is, after back surgery. Cripps, Cripps is also injured, isn't he? 
He's gone in for surgery, is he? So he's not no, I think Walsh and Hewitt. I don't know about yeah, Cripps. Yeah, Walsh and Hewitt. I haven't heard much about Cripps. Oh, okay. But again, at 611,000, you know, maybe if, if you're into it, but I think he's someone that could is well, prone to drop low games. Well, the, the problem is like, if he's if he's fit and he has a massive preseason couple of games like he did this year, how do you not start him? Because we've seen what he can perform like when there's no George Hewitt around. Now there's no Sam Walsh. So if those if he starts as like the primary midfielder in there, he's probably going to start averaging 130-140 for the first five, six games. So yeah, it's going to be rough scenes if you don't own him, if that's the case. Um, but it's Patrick Cripps, and we all know that um, it's a bit of a risk when you when you choose Cripps. But um, I think uh, pro- the one that me and you both eyeing off, and, and I think probably most of the Supercoach community swears would be Bont. Um, and McRae. I was going to pair them together. Pelly, Bont and Pelly. Together. Yeah. 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 So Bont is 639. McRae is 634. Put them side by side. Who do you think is going to average more then? With Dunkley out, who benefits the most? Uh, I, think, I personally think Bont. Yeah, um, same. But I think McRae benefits most. Per, uh, look, look. to be honest, I think there's probably 10% value in both of them. So what, what did they average last year? I think that Bont, yeah, I mm. think Bont's got easy 15 points per game in him. I think he goes. I think Bond could be the number one player this year. We're, we're all we're all waiting for it. It's got to happen yeah. one season. Uh, like, now, yeah. having said that, we're still waiting for Bevo to to make yeah. the obvious move that we we all think, mm. which would be he stops playing him as a forward player and starts playing him as a primary centre bounce midfielder. The thing is, they um, finally got that forward line now, and that's there's, it. Yeah, there's, they there's do. No excuse. Oh well, Shaky's well, gone. So that, that, everything's out the window now, boys. <laughs> The, the thing is, and so what we saw as well at the end of last year is that Toby McLean got a lot of um, mid-minutes, right? So, which is one of the mid-rookies, which we'll talk about a little, little bit later. But how much mid-minutes? Is he going to squeeze out Bont because Bont can play forward? Because that would shit me to tears. So I would, I do still want to see it in the preseason, um, but he's got to be your number one mid, in my opinion. If, if the dogs are going to make a splash, it's going to be on the, off the back of Bont basically dragging them across. And saying, yeah, we can do this, boys. See, my only also, worry about McRae, which hasn't doesn't affect him that much because he still gets around the contest. But with Lockie Hunter out, do they try to push him more to the wing to start off with? With Bont's the one in the midfield. That's what I was wondering. With even with Bailey Smith, does Bailey get more of a slice in there? Because Bailey, he was a forward, and then all of a sudden in the final series, Bailey Smith played like a lot of time in the guts, and then actually made him ineligible to be a forward in Supercoach. So I, it's, I personally think Bailey Smith. Well, again, I, th- I think he's irrelevant this year because he's mid-only, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, he's a better winger for them. Yeah. But they don't need him inside. But I know he got a lot of inside minutes. He's a be- He's their best winger by a, a country mile. He's the fittest. He's the one that runs the most. Um, like He's not a great user, which is unfortunate. That's the, the one knock in his game, really, that he needs to work on. But um, he's probably their best winger in my opinion. So, yeah, well, I think with a, a fit forward line, the doggies, you've got, you know, Bruce as well, uh, Aaron Norton, you've got uh, Ugo Hagen, uh, Darcy, who was in defense, can also play forward. So I think this is probably the time, as you're right, you're saying before, well, boys, I don't think they need Bond forward anymore. No, yeah, no, well, rumor has it that Bruce has also been um, training as a uh, intercepting defender. Mm, so there's, defender, yeah. um, Ooh, there's, there's a scope points. for that in the early, yeah, in the preseason. So we'll see how that one goes. But he could, again, I think he's very cheap. In the he forward is. line as a rook, so one sixty. Keep an eye on that one. Very cheap, very very cheap. Uh, okay, let's get into some of this value because this is going to again. I think it's hard to pick a breakout player, but if there okay. was before you get into value, sorry Benny, did we really discuss Callum Mills? 
I think he's always just overlooked in this conversation. That's why I overlooked him. Yeah. (laughs) Which is always overlooked. Overlooked, which is a bit surprising because we know now with the keys to that midfield, um, he is, I think, one of those underrated. He'll he'll be picked in bugger all teams, and there's no reason why he couldn't go even higher um, than what he did last year. I still think that there's an element of Callum Mills that he's their Mister Fix It. Unfortunately, it's it's not a it's mm. not a knock on his game because no, I no, think not he's one of the best midfielders in the in the league, um, and he can still score well behind that. We saw that in a game last year. He got moved behind and still managed. I think he scored one sixty that game or something yeah. similar, like some ridiculous. So there's an but because of that, it sort of caps his ceiling. If he's going to be that guy that whenever Sydney are under the pump, he goes behind the footy. He's not going to be around the ball as often. And is, he worth, right, is he worth more than 640? Maybe. Yeah, he's maybe 640. Not. He's right on it. So oh. I think he's probably priced at what he is. It's that's, just, that's what I, I feel like. Well. He's the he's yeah, he's the one that everyone's going to ignore. Uh, just got that funny feeling that, you know, he could be right up that top end this year. But again, yeah. yeah, I think with the fix it, if Rowbottom and Warner keep developing because they're both yeah. young, good mids, then it's like, well, if they have an injury down back or well, the game is at a swing, then he is Mills is probably the one probably yeah. that is you know the best person to go back and shore things up. So uh, it was, again, a blanket rule. You could spend 10 minutes talking about each and every single one of these 14 midfielders. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are a few that Brayshaw's another one that obviously no, Brayshaw's you know, in that same boat. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that he will go again under the radar. But I mean, he's got the scope to be amazing. Um, we all saw how good it, we all know how good of a footballer he is. That's that's for start. But um, he did start to get a bit tagged out of out of games, and then he started to work through those tags. So you know, he though those are those are really rolling through. Frio looked to be a lot better this year, and I think that they. They have got scope to be a top eight team. And I think that's what it's going to take for Brayshaw to really push into that, you know, 115 plus. What, what ended up averaging last year? One one eleven, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just shy of that top tier. And I think that's where he probably sits this year, maybe. But 10th overall, I wouldn't be close. surprised. Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't be surprised. And look, it's again, it's not a bad selection. But at that price, you're saying to him, you're saying to me that he's going to be guaranteed top eight. He's going to be, he's undervalued right now. And there aren't better guys for cheaper. That that's the hard thing. Are. It's not it's not that I can't see him going an extra three, four points. It's who he pushes out of the guys yeah. above him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Petrarca like is probably the weakest selecting link. Yeah. when that's you're it. selecting Brayshaw is, is yeah. the is the question. And same with I mean Parrish is the same. I mean you, yeah. all Parrish these guys. Exact same. Jack, Jack Steele, 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 Steele is, is, an, probably, is an interesting one yeah. because he's been the top midfielder before, hasn't he? Or close yes. to close to, yep. yeah. Um, so he, there's a bit of value in Jack Steele, I think, and at, at, at his price, he's probably the cheapest Uber premium, would say, um, yep. or potential Uber premium. So I see him being in a lot of teams this year, um, but also don't like the Saints now without Maxi. Mm. So I'm sort of veering away from starting any St Kilda players, but yeah, that price it's hard to pass up, right? The um the Ross line factor as well. I'm I'm always a bit gun shy about playing picking coach by then because yeah. just the way they his game style well, usually goes. Lots of tackles though in a well, slow style. Well, can well, be. Well, it's an interesting so thing can because be chip and charge too. So I I listened to his interview on SEN and he said that the way that he used to coach is not the same that he can coach now. The style that of, of play has evolved far beyond what he used to coach like in terms of his game plan. And he's evolved it to a more modern style. 
Imagine now. that interview then. They're like, oh, hey, so oh, so my skill set's pretty much uh, 10 years outdated now, guys. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty This much. is pretty much what I'm thinking of doing on what I've seen. Um, I think he still plays slingshot football, but he just doesn't flood as much as he used to. So um, what that will mean will be um, check out whoever's going to be the intercepting defender at the Saints because they're going to score ridiculously well. So there's an opportunity there for someone to jump into that, whether that's Wilkie or Houston or whoever, not Houston, um, Howard or whoever yep. they've got back there that they want to throw into that role. Um, their midfield setup traditionally, I mean, they had some really good scorers back in the day. I mean, Lenny Hayes was an absolute jet. Um, Nick, Nick Dalsano was a good Supercoach scorer for, for a time. Um, so, you know, there is proof in the pudding that his midfield setup and the way that he wants to do the mids, there's going to be some points there. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. If, if anything, I'd say if they can overcome Max King's massive hole of their forward line, they're a top eight team. And I think that that's probably, even though they're, um, they probably overrated their list a little bit. I think with the right coach, they can probably scrape into that last spot. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Competition's definitely in closer. I, I put Merritt and Parrish in the same sort of boat. Maybe Merritt benefited from Parrish not having a great season, but Scott coming in, I think Essendon probably win more games. They should have won more games. Um, I'm interested in both of them, but again, it's who do you leave out at that point in time? I think Parrish has probably got some value. Merritt just keeps taking step by step by step. Um, and then when he gets no attentions like the Lions gave him, then anything's possible. So I'm I'm definitely tempted. I've been tempted by Parrish. For me, I think steals the value pick out of that top echelons. Um, and then what about kind of- um what about another pair for um uh, that I'd like to compare, which compare the pair. Um <laughs> Both from the same team and both very, uh, I think, very good value at this point. And that's Josh Kelly. I think he's basically priced at the last year's price at five. He's a hundred dollars different. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and Tom Green. So both, but I think Tom Green might be the value pick of yeah. this. Well, season. that's he's, that's he's that's the next part. Team. That's he's that's the next part. Because when we go into, I'm going to disregard Kelly because fuck GWS players. Um, <laughs> pure and simple. Kelly's There's only a couple. It, and I'm just gonna love every moment of it. And I'm just gonna. Are you, are you, you picking it. him in standard? Is that what you're doing? I don't. I don't think you can go both him and and Tom Green. I think you're right. sort of bet, hedging your bet one way or the other. I think there are about 15 people better than Josh Kelly at this point in time. Yeah, but yeah, um, well, let's let's go into we'll, we'll pair in Green with LDU with Titch because I think they're the three around that price yeah, point yeah, that people are looking at. So let's go with so Green. He's 534,600 started the year off on an absolute heater. The reason there's so much interest is because, you know, GWS traded out what Taranto, Hopper, and pretty much it's, I think it's his Tanner midfield. Brun as now. well. Um, yeah. Who was getting some CBAs there as well. Not a lot, but he's, he was definitely in their rotation. That's for sure. So the issue is new coach. The issue is GWS. <laughs> um, but I think it's his midfield. Right, so he showed enough in the first sort of part of last year. He was averaging extremely well, contested beast. He was pretty much uh, likened to Paddy Cripps when he was younger. Um, I just think there's so much value there. At 534, I don't think you're going to get him cheaper again for the whole year. Uh, where do you sit, boys? We'll go Chris and then Swizz on the green train. Yeah, I mean, obviously all the, all the underlying stats from his junior career right through have him as the number one contested possession player in the competition by an absolute mile. Right? And that's that's including, you know, contested beasts like Clary and Jack Steele, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I, I, he will be a super coach jet. It's now is the opportunity. 
I, I agree with you that he's probably you won't be able to get him for this price probably ever again in his supercoach career until he you know he's on the outer. Um, so the question is going to be, is is this the year that they go? Okay, you're a 80 percent CBA midfielder, and if they do, you can't not have him. I don't think there's a there's not a reason in the world to not have him if he gets that sort of CBA time in the midfield. Um, yeah, and I. I, I I think that of all of those guys, and I'll, I'll touch on each of them individually, I suppose, when we go around, he's probably presents the most value at this point. So, yeah. Swizz? Swizz. Uh, I really don't want to start a GWS player. It's my, <laughs> I just don't no want to. Leon, do no, no yeah. Leon, though. No Leon. But he hasn't left my side um, so far. He's. Uh, I think the good thing for us was naturally young body and just the way they had all those midfielders at the second half of the year. Um, he had those three weeks where he had those fifties and that, I don't think that happens again. Like, um, you know, he'll be that little bit more fitter. His body continues to grow and develop. Like he started the year on a house on fire last year when he was at number one midfield. I think they might've had a couple injuries. Is that like when Kelly was missing or somebody was missing early and he was playing yeah. as that um, inside mid. And, you know, that 164, 106, 147 to start the year. And then he had three other scores around that 110 mark. Um, and then they started to get their full sort of list back. But as you said, now with the two boys in particular missing, um, yeah, I think he's just takes Hopper's role. He's the main contested beast in there. Um, there's no competition for him. So I don't know, like, he's going to spurt out the, the 160s, but we, he's shown that he's got a ceiling. So that's always good because if you oh, if he, he goes do it. if he goes bang early and that you, you've missed him and that and... I, I'm confident saying he's somewhere between 105 to 115 this year. Yeah, yeah, so... I think that that's it. And like he that's the big debate, finished, though, isn't it? Well, he finished an average of 97 last year. So yeah, I think of all those sort of players at that price, he's the one that's got 10 to 15 on him. Yeah. Um, now, question for you, Swizz. So in your structure at the moment, is he sitting at M4? So when you say three, are you saying three and then are yeah, you classifying green, him technically green, as a mid-pricer? Green's at M4. So yeah, so, not... so I'm classifying him as technically as a premium. I would, yeah, okay. I would see him, him at M4 for me um, is where sort of it starts to trail off. Yeah, so. yeah. So I've got him in that sort of cosy midfielder, you know, in between uh, primo bracket. So I kind of yeah. – he doesn't really have a category – um, break breakout potential. So I look at the three big boys, and then Green's in his own sort of category there at M four. I've got Green at M six. Yeah, wow, fucking... I respect that. Look, not even kidding. Each, each at this I'm, moment, I'm about, to, I'm about to edit your team anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're in my login. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. So it's about watching to see what this coach is doing as to whether he has a monopoly. It's also about well, hey, if you save a hundred thousand dollar there, can Green get close enough to that top ten? Can he be in the top 10? Can he be close enough to the top 10 where you could use that $100,000 difference? Uh, but I think his high ceiling does make him very relevant. The next one that people were considering is LDU for 557000 Again, I think it's hard to pick a breakout. And if I was, I think it would be green over LDU. But there is a lot of hype on the way that he finished last year. Uh, is anyone sold by LDU outside of North supporters? Uh, well, at the end of last year, I was saying to myself, get in my fucking team. <laughs> like... He looked like he broke out late last year, to be completely honest. And unfortunately, he's at a price now. It makes it really hard to pick him. Um, I can see it. I can definitely see it. Um, one thing that will be interesting is, excuse me, um, how much of an impact will Cunnington have on that midfield? 
how much of an impact does Clarko have on the midfield? What we've seen in the past is that Clarko is happy to lose possession of the ball and regain it a half back and slingshot. So mm. that sort of game style doesn't necessarily bode well for uh, midfield points. Um, and at the Hawks, I mean, yeah, That's Sam Mitchell was an, yeah. yeah, Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell, Mitchell and Hodge, yeah. I, I can never remember those midfielders being huge super coach point players. No. Fantastic, brilliant football. It's a bit like the the whole Richmond strategy when sort of Dusty Prestia that you know they're never they're never top players. They've got a good even sort of spread. Um, so he might become a better footballer, but I don't know if he'll become a top line super coacher. I, I, I suppose this sort of ties into, and I know you guys talked about him in the last pod, but I really see Taron Thomas as one that um, is going to take a step forward because he's going to be hopefully playing off the half-back line. So what we saw under Clarko is that they want their elite users behind the ball because it's it's number one is retain the ball at all costs. So retain possession of the football, and that's that they've they've been experimenting guys through that back line for however long at North, and it's just turnover city. It's who can turn over the ball the most, really. Or at least if you've got to turn it over, turn it over long. Well, that's what <laughs> Jaden Stevenson was doing back there, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. He turned it over in the goal goals. square and pretty much gave up. He's going to find um, himself a delisted Stevenson in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, it. that's the whole thing with Thomas as well. Steve, Stevenson and Thomas are either going to find themselves delisted very quickly or they're going to be, you know, buddy top-line players and that because Clarko won't fuck around. Mate, him and no. him and Dow can have a nice little former first round pick party, I think, at the end of this year. They can um, have their own league in between the VFL and the AFL. Set up pretty much. Team. Now going going to your point with North Melbourne. So not only do you have Cunnington probably coming back in at some capacity, you've got Powell. Um he had yeah. I think pelvis issues or something last year, didn't play much. Then you have Will Phillips had Luke Glendale Fever twice, who we'll get into later as well. And then you've got Wardlaw coming into the mix. So there is definitely a lot more competition possibly for mid time uh, compared to what he had last year. So but yeah. it is his midfield. It's 100% it LDU's yeah, yeah, midfield yeah, to, yeah, to that's run. That's not the problem. Oh, who's, he, who's he pushing out of the top 10? That's the other big uh, thing. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's not right. about his performance in that yeah. midfield. It's about overall over, over Supercoach. Agreed. Um, so and does then, that mean- like, how good are North? Like, do you really want a midfielder from a bottom team? Like, how often is that successful? <laughs> do you really want to watch it, a North game? The the flip side is... <laughs> that's the flip fair side cool. is we, talk, we did talk about the Hodge and, and that. We have had the uh, Tommy Mitchell midfield with Clarko running it, and he That's was just true. a ball magnet. So does LDU become Tom Mitchell and just grab the ball, handball, 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 and grab it 40 times a game? Yeah, and that's another – I mean, Tom Mitchell at his peak was just let to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, and does LDU get that same freedom and become that guy? And that, yeah, Just potentially. trying to think Clarkson's, Clarkson's potential coaching strategy there. That's really one that I said somebody tagged us the other day and I said, well, Waverley Park's not that far from me. I'll try to get by and have a look at a couple of their sessions. Oh, no, it's not. They're in the Hawthorne anymore. Fucking Arden Street. That's going to be a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, say, yeah like, I'm thinking Clarkson, yeah, at Waverley. No, I'll have to, yeah, we'll have to try to somehow look through the buddy fence there at Arden Street to see what they're doing with LDU yeah, because yeah, if he looks like he's going to be that guy that's going to get 40, then it's a – but I there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, they'll – as you said, they'll rather do the slingshot footy and that, and he just becomes yeah. a better footballer and not a better super coach. Can we segue into Titch as well? Yeah, 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 sort of yeah. yeah. Well, And I want to get but Chris's opinion just, on, just, on Titch. Just first on that, LDU is a sort of pick that Abdul starts round one. Oh, 100%. And he's buddy so going 150, I, 150, 150. 
he fades Clary or some shit. Clary yeah, gets some a tag shit round like one, drops a Abdul, sixty. And he'll then... be listening to this too, Abdul. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he'll be he's like, yeah, that's my new, my new fucking happy. weapon. He's on the Richmond chat all the way. Here's weapon number two for the fucking year. You stuff your fucking weapon. Yeah, I, I, and so for that reason, I'm almost considering just being like, nah, blow it all up. Blow it all up. F- Done it. Tom Clary. Green, LDU. Bont McRae, LDU, Tom Green. Not Let's even go. Bont McRae, mate. It's going to be LDU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LDU, Green. You go Brayshaw or something. Um, we laugh. Shout but out I, to Abdul. Shout I, out. Like, that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we're getting talking that about- 150 grand, you know? Um, who, so, like talking about who do we fade with Tom Mitchell? He's five hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. He's gone to Collingwood. I think they brought him in to be a pure midfielder, but I can't believe people are starting him, Chris. Now I, I could be stupid, but I who's he kicking out then in the top ten, or is it just you picking well, I mean, him on value? Taylor Adams just has to miss like you know five games a year or ten games a year like he normally does, and he's the number one mid. Um, yeah, no, look, I the biggest issue at Collingwood last year was their clearance differential. So that's the entire reason why he was brought in. He's not going to play forward for the prize. He'll play pure midfield. Um, yeah. The other consideration, though, is that they will get uh, Dacos to have more CBAs this year. Now, I don't know what his split's going to be like, and I know you guys probably discussed him on the Defender pod, but uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> so we need to work out that top four rotation, really, from the pies. What's it going to look like? Because... They do have still Pendles running around. Uh, they've got Taylor Adams in there. They've got Jack Crisp that's supposed to still be running through there. Um, I don't think – I think the Maynard experiment's done with. Not that I, I think that they won't throw him in there at times for a bit of grunt or just to, just to t- tagging roles potentially. But Titch is there to get the ball and feed it out to the runners. It, and Dacos is there to kick the ball from Titch. So that pairing is just going to be oh. – Beautiful. I think Crisp is probably That's the most a, at risk in that midfield mix, yeah. to be honest. I don't know yeah. if it translates necessarily to points, though. And, and and again, it's just not the style. Like, is Titch a 120 player? Probably not. Not at Collingwood, no. 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 That, like think, a 105, maybe? I, I, yeah, yeah. 105, 110. 105 to does, 110. Does Crisp just pretty well end up transitioning with Dacos. He goes back to half back. I, I, I think that that's yeah. going to have to be the plan because yeah. I don't like, and they, they tried experimenting Dacos as a forward at times. Yeah. And that's just not where, like you can't. Accumulate can't, as much. No, he can't get the ball. Like, so mm. he's not really like, you know, he, yeah, he, he can take a mark and he's, he's crafty with his foot, footwork. And if he gets the ball, then something's going to happen. But, He's, he's like, he's I'm not my dad. I'm not my dad. No, he's an accumulator. He, <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. don't, you don't put him there. If you're going to rotate him, rotate him either to a halfback flank or to a wing because yeah. he can run all day. Mm. And he that's won, the thing. If, the if you're in your forward off. line, though, if you're in the forward line, you have you definitely have a defender accountable for you. If you're playing halfback or wing or even midfield, you can lose your opponent through yeah. hard work and traffic. You can actually outwork and them and how, lose them in transition. That's what he's done his whole entire career. And that's what he did from halfback is that he just burnt off the forward. And then people wonder why he's just all on his own in the middle of nowhere. It's because he ran 100 meters to receive a handball. Mm. Like that's the the sort of you know, hard work that Dacos can present. So uh, it all it will be interesting to see how it works out. I, I think it was a good trade for the Pies at the end. Um, I would have preferred someone maybe with a little bit more height because they still lack a little bit of height in that midfield. But uh, panels are still there, so that um, that allows it a little bit to to subside. Um, but yeah, whether or not is he a premium mid option, I don't think so. So I'm not selecting him, and I um, and at the similar price to Tom Green, right? Yes, so yeah. Tom Green, we're saying could be in that top echelon of midfielders, whereas 
Tom Mitchell's going to be just outside at best case scenario. Is he a value selection? Slightly. You'll get a bit of value out of, out of Tom Mitchell. I don't think it's enough to select him at this stage of the preseason. Just my personal no. view. I agree. I do think he has a point to prove, though, to, you know, Clark, oh, sorry, um, Mitchell or whatever, you know, got pushed out a little bit. But that's that's his role. And, again, role dependent. I think there is a little bit of meat on the bone. But I, I don't necessarily think that's 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 uh, either of their fault, by the way. I think no. that they just – either of the Mitchells' fault. I mean, Sam Mitchell's trying to develop a team for, you know, for the next three, four years, not – not mm. something that they want to win. Not now. pad his stats, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and so in order to do that, he basically just gave up his CBAs to develop his midfielders faster. And Fair it worked enough. though. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It, I think it will hold them in good stead moving forward. So look, what whatever it is, what it is, and and hopefully Mitchell brings a premiership to the Pies. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I was about to nod and agree. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah, going to do I that. I had to stop myself as well. There, yeah, get stuffed. <laughs> um, don't you know? Swiss has already said it's the Brisbane Lions year this year. Yeah, yeah. He's already, he's already it? claimed it. I, I've put the moz on you because I said that about the dogs last year. And, and then I also backed, who I backed last year, the dogs, Freo and Carlton. And that, and that fucked them. So probably might put money on Brisbane this year and that'll fuck you guys. <laughs> I, I find it more funny that Chris is thinking Fremantle's a top eight side, but he didn't even think they'd be top eight after first 10 rounds last year. So welcome to the team, Chris. Oh yeah, they were all right. Like Perth. <laughs> um, so, someone we sort of we didn't touch on, but I just wanted to quickly touch on um, a similar price point. Sorry, guys. Uh, is uh, Noah Anderson, which again is this his year? His year. I think he's got the perfect game for Supercoach to be able to take it. That's going to be dependent on a few different factors, but whether or not Gold Coast are any good, I think is probably the primary one. Um, having Ben King back does help. I think he could potentially go one ten plus. Um, so maybe not necessarily for standard, but um, very, very good in your in your draft leagues. I think he might be one to to skip out. Um, and then another one, just looking here quickly, uh, Chad Warner. Now, I oh, was nothing short of impressed by his entire season, Chad Warner. Um, definitely a smoky in in drafts, that's for sure. And I think he'll be overlooked in a lot of drafts, but. He's got the game and the inside game to be able to tear it apart if he could just hit his uh, hit his kicks, because he breaks away from stoppages like nothing else, but then doesn't slow down to to, to hit a target. Um, it's his only downfall in the game. He's the he's the one Abdul starts and watch yeah. him watch him go <laughs> yeah, one right, watch him go one twenty for the first month. Like, and but, you know what, he could like that's the yeah. thing. Like, he's got the game that can really like burst well, out. We, the, the thing I always slow. look for is players that have got to have shown the ceiling. And he's done 140s plus before. And, that, and in the AFL Grand improve. Final, he had the highest player rating on the field. And they got pumped by 80 points. He had the highest player rating out of anyone on that field. Yeah. yeah. In a big game. That says a lot to me. A big well, game I think player. once they were 10 goals up, they went, ah, oh, we don't need to run after him. Yeah, but he was still, <laughs> yeah, he was just, it was him versus Buddy 22 Cats. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. <laughs> That's but, true. And so, I mean, look, there's there's scope for that in that Sydney midfield. Like, I'm not a big. I was big on Robottom a few years ago. Oh, he hasn't shown. I don't think his development anywhere near justice. I don't think he's he's half the midfielder I thought he was going to be at this stage. So hopefully he he does tick over to that next stage. But at at this stage, it's still Luke Parker. It's still um, it's obviously Callum Mills midfield and Chad Warner. Those those three guys run the show in there. So, I agree. Let's get into some midfield in. midfield value. So we've got um, we'll go one by one. But there's Menegola, Ash, Sheed, and Hopper. Now I know there's a little bit of a SC elites is like Menegola uh, can't be burnt twice by the one stick. Can you boys? Um, 
So we'll start off with the important ones. So I think Ash, Sheed, and Hopper are probably the big three. Now, Ash is a little tempting, again, based on the reasons that we said with the midfielders going out. He's only 335,000, Lockie Ash. If he gets fewer midfield time, he's someone that I am looking at. Um, I don't think – I think I'd rather pay the extra 200 for Green. But, again, Lockie Ash, boys, if there's a role in that midfield not tagging, do you think he could be a little bit of value? No. Uh, yeah, no is a simple answer. But, I mean, I just think that uh, Finn Callaghan's ahead of him in the mm. pecking order. Yep. And, I mean, when he moved into midfield, a large percentage of that time was was spent tagging. So that's where he dropped all of his really poor scores. If he gets a role that is go find ball, get ball, deliver ball, then sure. I just haven't seen that yet. Mm. So I'm not at all on that train unless I see – that's a that's a, if you see it during the season, then you got to jump on. But at his price as well. Okay, nah. so Callahan, Callahan, ninety thousand dollars cheaper is two hundred and forty-four thousand. So he's yeah. definitely one that I am watching as well. Yep, you can only watch a couple of GWS players, right? Sure. Yeah, this is the problem every year. Um, we, we get stuck with them. At least at two forty-four, I think there's you can't go wrong on that. Uh, I feel like everyone else is just going to burn you. That's how they are, Manny, man, Tom so, Green. Three hundred thirty-two thousand dollars, the exact same price for Sheed and Hopper. Now, Chris, as a biased Collingwood supporter mm-hmm. that was definitely holding, is there any circumstances in which you would start Dom Sheed ever? As a very unbiased person, absolutely fuck no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like I don't I don't see the merit in starting like even yo, man, something's gotta change at West Coast. They put up the shittest year I've seen from a football team in a long, long time. I can't see them put, pulling that out with their current list. So, thank you. Yeah, hundred percent. Why, why even bother? I, I picked I picked them for bottom like four or six last year. I can't remember how low I had them, and that was with everybody saying, "Oh yeah, they got Yo and Gath and all them if they're going to be fit." And I'm like, "Is it still going to be bottom like four? Like they've they've all dropped off the cliff. So when are they yeah. playing some of these kids and that? Um, they've got just too many. Well, yeah, you can't help anything with the injuries, but yeah, look at that age of that midfield. They're still one of the like oldest midfielders going midfielders going around. So don't throw Elliot Yo into the mix. I'm going to hashtag bless Elliot Yo, and that's coming from no, a Brisbane person that hates every it. single person. Don't that's do ever it because then Brisbane. I'm going to make you start him, and I'm going to yeah, make a bet on team. Elliot Yo versus like, anyone. Look, okay, <laughs> he's in my team. He's in just my have, team. Elliot just Yeo. have a look at this midfield like as a whole there, and that. So Tim Kelly who. West Coast aren't getting to see the best of him and that. Shuey, what would be Shuey now? He'd be at least what, 20. Shuey's hamstrung to Sim- and, and Simpson. To that. Gaff, Gaff, like Gaff was an awesome player and that, but he, he can't get through the season now. Uh, and then you're talking about throwing Sheed in there as well. And then like Liam Duggan's never really been the midfielder that they've wanted in there. And then you've got Jack Redden as well. He played 21 games. Uh, Redden's gone. Retired yeah, he's early. Yeah, gone. Tired. So, but even still, it's... Like who it's you would pickings. think you would think it's a junior coming in to replace him, but, but not Dom Sheed's never really been like a no. pure center bounce mid anyway. So like I can't even let's say they go okay, yep, yeah, Dom Sheed he's gonna yeah, he's fit and he's back and blah blah. blah. He's not playing seventy eighty percent CBAs. He's yeah. not. So, but the, even... the year but the year before he played twenty two games and he averaged eighty two. Yeah. Not like, going to happen. What are you thinking? He's he's not going to improve on that. He did one good thing his entire career. He's got a key to the yeah. city. He can just go shut the fuck up now, can't he? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dumb sheet. 
God bless him. Um, I disagree about Yo. If he's playing that in defense, whole that ball's going to be purely in defense. for TikTok. So so you know. Yo, Yo's a, di- Yo's a different story because he's he can tackle and that, and he can rack up tackles. He's a, I, I think I, he's the one that probably more I think Yo's okay. Depending, like, I would prefer if Yo was behind the ball. Yeah, yeah. If he's behind be the ball, he's getting a hundred hundred touches yeah. a day. Yeah, just does. But I've been saying that they've still got Hearn and Witherden down down there, don't they? Witherden Surely Witherden, they've just decided he's just not good enough for AFL football. No, clearly he's got the he's got the defensive nous of a of a yeah waffle player. Like he's just I don't even know. I couldn't, couldn't Put Witherden in the midfield. Give him a go. Can't be, can't get much worse. The, the, um, the guy is like is literally like sees a contest and runs the opposite direction. I'm not, I just can't. With it, it's so terrible. He's he's one good good thing is his static foot his foot skills when he takes an uncontested mark. That's that's his one only good trait. Call that the James H. Um, Hopper three hundred and thirty two thousand as well. Is he one that you could at least watch if he's playing complete inside CBA? Not even watch. I think he's in my side. And that I he's, think he's, he, he's not playing anywhere else. He's playing one hundred percent CBA in the Richmond midfield. Now, the year before, he played 21 games and went 97. And I think he's even if he's around that mark, it's 30 points on his average this year. Yeah, I think he he's going he's to shit in 150k. And yeah. look, he's he's not a he's not going to be in your final team. No, you know, or anything for, like that. for sure. But he'll make you money, and he'll be a good point generator in the meantime. Yeah. I don't think you can start without him because he's probably the only one around that price that is going to be a sure thing. So as long as he's fit, obviously, which at the moment he seems to be, so that's good. Um, yeah, that's been his uh, whole problem. As long as he's fit, like yeah, he's a hundred, he's your hundred guy, no problems with that, and that's all like I'm expecting him to do. But for that price, beauty, get him yeah, aside. Absolutely. Um, now, one I want to throw in this sort of mix as well, which you guys have just completely overlooked. I just want to see it now. I've, I've I've been destroyed for for saying this, and that's okay. But I think there's a role for him in Essendon's best. 22 oh, you're gonna fucking say Will Setterfield. Setterfield? I'm looking at him in two. I'm going if you this prick says Will Setterfield, it's because it's <laughs> he, here's the only reason why, right? They they don't have a single midfielder on their list under over 181 centimeters. Every that's single one of correct. them is a midfielder. But they have a hundred friggin' midfielders all the same friggin' height I that agree. need your body play. I think Chris is causing me to drink here, boys. This is the sort of <laughs> right. I was about the same. I'm like, I need to get something to drink here. No, look, <laughs> I'm just saying, if he's in preseason and he racks up 40 touches in a preseason game and you see him lining up round one, he's a watch, right? He's surely a watch. Don't tell me he's don't you tell know, me he's not. The problem is that means he's I have to watch, watch the Essendon game. Chris, I agree. You go to him all the time. I agree. He's a he's a great watch, Chris. You can watch him twenty time, twenty two times a year, but not in my fucking side. <laughs> and most likely uh, in the I, BFL. And Chris, and also, I get where you're coming from. I get it. It's the big midfielder and that, but Parish and Merritt rack up so lacking. much more there. It is what well, they're lacking, but he's not the one they need to do it. Like, isn't it? Yes, because who else? But they you don't have anyone else. But you can't disagree problem. that set of field, right? And if there's one team at Essendon, their field is not set. I love how this is a 30-minute pot and we've gone three hours and we'll set a field. I like that we've just had all this discussion about top 10 mids and no one bats a fucking eyelid. We mentioned set a field and it's like, argue, 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 <laughs> over some irrelevant guy from Essendon. It's the worst thing in the world. I want to a solid goal, but it's just not on the cards now, is it? <laughs> um, sorry. No, I, look, look, just watch. All right, and look, it could it could just end up going with Archie Perkins as that 
bigger mid that's in there. Look, and he gets a lot more CBAs and Cedarfield's not in the conversation. That could be it. But he can't be worse than Tom Phillips. Yeah, but it, oh, fuck, he can't be worse than Devin Smith Mark II. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, Chris, I'll bet you $100 that he averages more than Will Phillips and Devin Smith this year. The Tom Phillips, you mean? <laughs> Combined? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Combined. Uh, no, um, I'm not going to take that yeah, because I, I actually... Think- I, I think the, no, they're not playing. The Bombers, the Bombers <laughs> are pretty well picked up. That's why they got Elijah Sardis because of his yeah. height and build and stuff. Now I don't think he's ready, but he he, yeah, with him and Hobbs, it depends on what Scott wants to do here. Does he want to go? Perkins? Oh, Hobbs is a one eighty three centimeter. Yeah, but what, know, does he want to go Hobbs Sardis Perkins with and, and develop the future? Why he's got the you know the brand new team and that, so they've got time on his side, or does he go? No, nah, we're going to go Will Phillips Setterfield you know, these blokes and stuff and try to win some games. Um, yeah, interesting how to we'll go about it. <clears throat> Sorry, boys, we've run out of our Essendon quota. We want to keep viewers <laughs> not fucking losing 52 minutes in, so we are moving on from Essendon. I'm not I'm not such a bad person that I you know, hate Essendon that much no. that I don't respect them. I would have rather you me- mentioned guys. Buddy Warple than Buddy Setterfield and even then <laughs> Buddy... Okay, so yeah. let's get into some of these cheaper options. We've already mentioned Callahan at 244K. There are a couple others, again, that have been in the system. So instead of paying you know, a Wardlaw or someone that's quite expensive for a rookie, you've still got like Devin Robertson could actually be part of that midfield mix. I know it's harder with um, you know Dunkley coming in, but again, they got rid of Robertson, Mitch Robbo, right? I think just pure for the fact to keep Robertson. Um, so he's someone that I am watching. I don't know if there's much going on there. Flanders Mate, for Gold Coast. nowhere he... near that midfield. You just got Will Ashcroft. <laughs> like... I know, but yeah. he might be on a wing, but I guess for 240 on a no, wing, maybe. Unfortunately, um, they, they brought in <laughs> probably can be the best midfielder this year and Will Ashcroft, the fucking best kid in the competition. Yeah, Fair, fair, or, fair. But I am, I'm watching him. Flanders, is Flanders ever going to stand up? Another top 10 pick for Gold Coast, 256,000. He's um, someone that I could be swung by at some point. Nick Cox, 198,000, had um, just did his ankle, I think, in the, yeah. in the ankle in the preseason. But again, another winger for 198. I'm talking there's at least three or four people that have been in the system for two, three years that are priced similarly to some of these other rookies. Re-talk about Cedarfield than these guys, mate. Well, uh, the, okay, the, the, the biggest lock for me is Will Phillips, boys. Hundred percent, one fifty-eight, three hundred. Yeah. No, and the reason is he had Grangel oh, yeah. Fever twice yeah. last yeah, year. Yeah, he has Ollie point. Wines, Ollie Wines quads. Right, he has big legs for a boy. He was fit last preseason, got Glandial Fever twice, and they're really excited to see what he can do this year. So apparently, he is um, really fit, which is North Melbourne saying that they have a fit player on the list. But he is for one, he's locked in as far as. He's in my structure hmm. at this point in time. So I think Will oh, Phillips. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he well, can't just really go past him at this point. Um, but before we go into that, um, we just scooted past Cooper Stevens, who should be in that midfield rotation and is only priced at two hundred sixty-five k. Now I don't know if that's going to be low enough to make him worth it, um, and how much time he's going to get in there. But obviously, they've recruited him over. Um, he's had a really good. You know, short career at um, at Geelong, but they're just squeezed out with the amount of mids that they've got there and the depth. Uh, and you know, Hawks are trialing new mids, so um, that's one that could you know fire. I I don't know. We'll again. He's a watch for preseason. We'll just see how we go. I think that's me tapped out, boys. Was any any others on your watch list? Uh, potentially Matty Johnson from Fremantle. Um, oh yep. yeah. So as far as rookies, um, Johnson Blakely. Um, Phillips, and I think there's what a couple others. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, do you know what the, the sneaky one because Richmond always seem to like to play some rookies is Steely Green. Um, watch just watch him and that I think he might get some games. Is he a blend between um, Steel and Green? Is yeah, that the? That's the hope, mate. That's the hope. Finally, <laughs> 117k, mate. Wouldn't we love that? It's like Lewis Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> just a blend. Just a blend. Mitchell Lewis. Um, Anyone yeah, else on your shit list, Chris? Uh, no, in terms of um, rookies, uh, look, there's. I think we just need to see it. The, the big one. I mean, he's the mid forward. So Josh Sin as well from Port. I, I obviously yep. only played the one game last year. Um, the problem with these, and here's where it's going to be really interesting, and this is why Will Ashcroft is a is a real red light for me at the moment. Is is Will Ashcroft the twenty third player at the Brisbane Lions right now? Because if he is, how no, how, I mean, how often I, is he getting subbed? Or I how often? Is he, I, is he you know what? Subbed? I kind of nearly think. Well, I, I think he might be the twenty second, and Jasper Fletcher might be the twenty third. I think they both could start. Yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, here's the, it all depends on who's playing forward. So does Jared Berry, he was playing midfield. Is he going to come back? Is he fit? Um, is he playing midfield or is he playing forward? Like, What's this mix going to be at the Lions? Rayner, he was transitioning to a full-time midfielder. Is he going to come in and play mid-time or is he going to play as a forward? I think you can't really play him as a midfielder right now with the mix that they've got. So that, you know, what's gone out? So Robbo's gone out. And you've had Dunkley and Ashcroft and Fletcher come in. Plus, they've got they've still got um, and Robertson who didn't really play much. He Robertson kept out um, Robbo. Right. So there's quite a lot of depth in the midfield at the Lions, and I worry about Will Ashcroft at 210k or whatever, 270k, wherever he is, being being a sub risk. Now the difference between say, and this is a, a real point, the difference between say him versus say a Sam Walsh or a Nick Dacos or um, guys of the past few years, Matt Rao, for example, gone number one, best midfield in the draft by an absolute mile, is that they all went to teams that were basically shit and went straight into a starting midfield or a starting role that could rack up the pill. I'm not sure, especially with the new sub rule, that Will Ashcroft is going to get that freedom in Brisbane's midfield that, that we have in Carlton's midfield and the Gold Coast midfield and, and, um, and Collingwood's midfield. All of those teams were shit at the time. So they've come yep. in, made them better, and that's great, but that this is a different beast going I'm into a midfield sure. with yeah mccluggage neil dunkley berry you know it's yeah. and lions jerry lions had a bad I year i think he had uh, was it op or you know he had some some issue yeah Jared he had lions was carrying yeah. an injury yeah so yeah. then you put him in the mix too plus then you have Raynar, zach um so bailey as well yeah so i mean look he's always going to be a place setter i think in most teams anyway but right now I'm, i don't have him anywhere near my starting side because i i need to see Will Ashcroft in the preseason and see what role, what minutes is he going to be named on the field? Um, obviously, without Dan McStay now, are they going to go a two ruck system or are they going to go a one ruck system? Um, you know, are they going to play Hipwood out of the ruck or something like that, or are they going to play Fullerton? What is what are they going to do? Because if it's only a one ruck system, then it's likely going to be a rookie that they're going to sub. If it's a two ruck system, it's likely going to be a ruck that they're going to sub. These th- these all play into it. Um, into my decision-making process on Will Ashcroft. And I just wanted to get out there that I'm not totally 100% sold on having him in my starting team. I think that's very fair. Very, very fair. I think, uh, he's also the sort of guy that Will Ashcroft, they could just play him and maybe, hey, we'll give you like one rotation through the midfield, but maybe you just go and play forward or come in off the bench. And, yeah. and I think he's still a quality player that he'll probably be in that best 22. 
But you're right. If they're winning a game, they might try and look after him and say, hey, you know what, mate, we'll just sub you off for today. We're winning this game. Thanks very much. Good experience. And we'll nurture you through. Because I don't I mean, think they want to go and break him. No. Yeah. Either. And then even Nick Dacos at the start of last year said that, you know, he was, that they were trying to manage him because they were worried about his tank. And he, he was only posting 60s or something, you know, like in the, after the first three weeks or whatever. Is, he had started slowly and had a bit of an ankle issue. Um, and they wanted to actually get him to skip matches, but he was actually able to you know, pull up on game day and was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm playing. Um, I'm not sure where Will Ashcroft's tank is, but Dacos is at the top of top of the game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting that, to watch that, anyway. That's where you just would, yeah, you consider spending the extra 40 for Finn. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where he comes into it. And I think that Phil Calligan is also, though, unfortunately, he's probably got a similar issue, right? Um, the only difference is I do think that GWS will play two ruck system. So that will probably, and they've proven that it works. So it'll yeah. be Braden Bruce and Matt Flynn. So one of them is going to go at three quarter time if yeah. there's no injury, you'd say. So, yeah. I agree. Um, I think that wraps us up pretty much on the nose on an hour, boys. Midfield, a lot to talk about, a lot of contentious sort of issues with Setterfield and such. Um, and <laughs> the reason it's a, it's a longer podcast and it's it's definitely um, one that gets discussed more is because, well, that's where the highest price is. That's where the most points are. That's where your VC and your CR, particularly this year more than ever because rucks you can't rely on uh, as far as your VC and C like we have in the years gone by. So rucks is um, so midfield is pretty much where it's all at and it's make or break. Realistically, any final words, boys? Or are you done? You're wrapped up. No, you're ready? I'm good. I'm good. All good, mate. And I uh, look forward to uh, to getting on board with more potties with you guys. Yes. Welcome home, Chris. Yeah. Thank welcome, you. welcome home. And I can't mate, wait to make a um, after, keep you around after this. Yeah. Can't wait to make. <laughs> Love it. And I can't wait to get onto an Elliot Yo or a Dangerfield bet at some point. Uh, we'll talk soon. See you, mate. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. <laughs> The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 